0: Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 to 16, praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 to 16. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day God finished the work which he has done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he has done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all his work which he has done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was no man to till the ground. But the mist went from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the earth from the ground. And breathed into his nostrils, and the breath of life, a man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden of Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he has formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. And they divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. And it is the one which flowed around the whole land of Havila and where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Belium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. And it is the one which flowed around the whole land of Gush. And the name of the third river is Tigris, which flowed east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Ephraim. The Lord God took the man he put in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the land. Amen. Draw me near,
1: near, blessed Lord. To the cross where I has died, has died. Draw, Draw me near. very much. And um, let me say, I wish you a glorious and fulfilling year 2020. Amen. Amen. Now let us pray. Draw me nearer, nearer blessed Lord. To the cross where Thou hast died Draw me nearer Nearer, blessed Lord To Thy precious bleed So, Father, our humble prayer this time is that you let your Holy Spirit brood over us to grant us enablement in the preaching and hearing of your word. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Beloved, as we have already been told, the theme for this celebration is the Bible and politics. I find this quite appropriate and also quite sublime. I think it's a divine, divinely given responsibility for us to soberly reflect on this, this whole um, idea of the Christian in politics and what God's Word says about politics. Picking my way through the theme, I let myself be guided By the letter of invitation for this preaching appointment, a portion of which read As we prepare for the 2020 presidential and parliamentary elections in Ghana, it is important to reflect on the subject of politics from a biblical perspective. The way issues are handled can either bestow blessings on the community and individuals or spell their doom. The Bible is full of interesting examples of positive and negative political interactions. It reminds us to be tra- transparent in our dealings with others and to seek the welfare of our communities, conscious of the fact that we are ultimately accountable to God, our Creator. Unquote. So, if you allow me to s- explain a bit to my mind in reflecting on this theme we are trying to bring God's word to bear on our electioneering activities and body politics allowing Bible to provide guidance in our politics and drawing examples or inspirations from scripture in meeting our political aspirations and goals now if we talk about politics, let me very loosely, loosely define it for our purpose as everything is a gamut of things, everything relating to good governance, electioneering process, and the general well-being of a community. Electioneering process, governance, and the general well-being of a community. Now, please permit me to segment the quotation I gave above so we can briefly reflect on them as we go along, as we consider the theme. The first portion that I put down here is this. Let me read it again with your permission. As we prepare for the 2020 presidential and parliamentary elections in Ghana, it is important to reflect on the subjects of politics from a biblical perspective. So first and foremost, our reflections should be tailored to meet certain demands of the 2020 presidential and election, um, presidential and parliamentary elections. And of course, we know now with the benefit of history, history of our elections here in Ghana, we know the real and present dangers which stare at us when it comes to electioneering activities and our body politic. In our dear motherland. We've seen it all. Sometimes the vileness. Raw, rawness. Sometimes it's like things come from the spiritual underbelly um, to to visit with us. The vileness that you, you, you witness. The ungodly acts of treachery. The backbiting. The acrimony. And sometimes the solicitation of demonic powers. Just for the sake of winning elections. And we know that all these things can lead to the destruction of trust, life and property among others. It is important that we who call ourselves Christians, we who claim to form 70% of the population of this country, reflect soberly on what God is saying concerning our politics. We reflect on what the Bible teaches for direction, which when followed will give us better results and help us to live in peace and godly prosperity. That is, our reflection on the biblical teachings and examples, in our reflection on the biblical teaching examples, we bring God's mind to bear on everything we do relating to electioneering activities, relating to governance, relating to the well-being of our nation. We reflect so that we, as we follow the biblical directions, we offer better examples for the rest of the population to follow. And I heard that clearly from the message by the General Secretary, that we as believers must show the way how to do politics that pleases God. Amen. So what are some of the things the Bible teaches pertaining to politics, governance, and general well-being of his people? Let me go to the fundamentals. Number one, I start with the readings that was given to us from Genesis chapter 2. It is important for us to know that the earth and the fullness thereof belong to the Lord. That is what Psalm 24 says. And that he has given the earth to us to dress it and to keep it. To rule over it responsibly. Dress it and to keep it. That's what Genesis chapter 2 says. That God created it. The water, the trees, the, the, the atmosphere the land, the gold, the silver everything that is being put there God put there for our well-being belongs to God we are only custodians so we must know that everything we have and everything we are first and foremost belongs to God, that should not be lost on us as we engage in politics again it is important for us to know that as born again Christians children of God As John chapter 1 verse 12 says, God has prepared good works for us to do even before the beginning of creation. That is Paul, Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Before the beginning of creation, God prepared good works for us to do as his children. Those who are called by his name. It is important for us to reflect and know this. That we are the salt and light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 and 14. Through us, the Lord will want to showcase his majestic glory to the whole of creation. So when we engage in politics... When we engage in governance, when we seek the well-being of our community, it is called upon us to remember that we are God's handiwork. I, 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 remember the, um, one of the hymns we sung, that we are just conduits of God's blessings. We are made in His image. He wants to use us as models. He wants to use us as tools in His hands so that the whole world will see the kind of God he is, what what being he is, his majestic glory. He seeks to portray that, to showcase that through us. We must not forget that. Of course, some go into politics just to create loot and share. We all know that. Polities outside of God can spell doom for a nation such as ours. And we have the examples of the two sons of Zebedee. I'll come back to that. They went to Jesus and they said, we have ambitions. We want to rule. So you see, they took their electioneering campaign to the Lord Jesus himself. That Can you grant that one of us will sit on your right and the other on your left? That is how Mark puts it. Mark um, chapter 10. For Matthew, Matthew chapter 20, he says, it was their mother who came and said, can you grant that my two sons, one will sit on your right and one will sit on your left. So both for us who will engage in active politics, seeking to rule, seeking to occupy one position or the other, the example is clear for us, that it is Jesus who makes king, who elects, who enthrones, And so we should forget about we ourselves doing everything we can, hook or crook, to occupy positions. And those who will be supporters, those who wish that our sons and daughters, our fathers and uncles, our friends and cronies, will occupy such political positions, their mother gives us example. Let's also go to the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, you know, I really want my brother Nana Bain to be the the minister of so-so-and-so, maybe land and natural resources so we can loot and share, you know, that resource. Let's go to Jesus and say, I want him to be a parliamentarian. And then from the parliament house, it becomes, well, you don't want it, but I want it. Can I go to the Lord and ask him for it? You know, so this should not be lost on us, who we are to begin with and the fact that God owns everything. The second portion I'd like to touch on. It says, the way issues are handled can either bestow blessings upon the community individuals or spell their doom. The Bible is full of interesting examples of positive and negative political interactions. And I have the example of King Solomon to show you. You know, the way things are handled, if we let God have his way, if we recognize him as the owner of the community, theocracy, it is he who owns the community. We are his, the people of his pasture, the sheep of his pasture. When King Solomon recognized this truth, God came to him and he said, I will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And God did just that. Even what he did not ask, God gave him. And Israel experienced prosperity throughout King Solomon's reign. And scripture says that during King Solomon's reign, um, silver was a stone. Because everything was gold, 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 gold. Silver was like stone. Until King Solomon started, excuse my language, fooling. With all these women and building temples for their gods and the rest of it. And God came to me and said, I selected you because of your father. And I said, I will bless you. But because of this foolish heart that you have developed, I'm going to desert you. Albeit with a little portion for you because of your father, David. Now, that tells us that when God is recognized, he bestows his blessings upon individuals and the nation. And we know what happened after Solomon left the scene. His son, Jeroboam, and he also continued the foolishness because it was, his, it was God's will that he would will, he will tear the kingdom away from Solomon. If God is recognized, if we together in our electioneering campaigns, in our body politic, if we recognize God and give him his place, he will bestow blessings upon us. Blessings that will blow our minds. The way issues are handled. I have a second example. The classic case of King Ahab and his evil wife Jezebel who were, able, he were, who were aided by some godly miscreants to commit this dastardly act of murder. I want it. I, I want it. Ahab and Jezebel did not recognize the fact that this is God's community. He is a few, the God in the Christ, the community. They pushed him aside. They thought, well, I can handle this. And then they got these referrals. And listen to it. They proclaim a fast. That is another sermon. Also. They, they proclaim a fast just to set the innocent man up. Can you imagine? Just how detestable can they be? Just how despicable. In God's name, they murdered. They proclaimed the fast. And they murdered the poor man. We know what happened. What happened to Ahab? What happened to Jezebel? How dogs licked up her blood, you know, and it it remained just her bones. And what happened to the state of Israel because of that dastardly act? So here we find the ruler, or if you like, rulers, and the rude conniving to shed innocent blood to push God aside. Jezebel said, I have the power and I'll do what I can. That should remind us also of Nebuchadnezzar and the rest of the kings of Babylon. Just when they thought, We were in charge, we've got it all then God appears and says, no, no, no. You are just a human being. You haven't got it all. This whole world is mine. You yourself, you are mine. So God comes with a rude awakening. And you remember in the, um, in the case of Nebuchadnezzar's son, when they were drinking from the gold goblets and the articles from, from the temple and they were making merry, then the hand appeared. Rude awakening. And I heard one comment, he said, Never had such a drunken man been sobered that quickly. The drunkenness all went away and it was like, What is there? Now, the party had come, had turned into a morning. Death was staring them in the face. That is how sometimes God can come to remind us a rude awakening He gives us that watch it. So, let us remind ourselves. Of all those evil kings of Israel against whom both the minor and the major prophets prophesied, the list is endless and it's clear. It's clear. Here we have it clear as an either or situation. When God is recognized and he's allowed to have his way, he's given his rightful positions, he will give blessings. If he's not there and we do it on our own and we push him aside, what, what happens? Blessings. So there is no middle grounds. Blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience when we push him aside. When God, when we recognize God as the owner of all that we are and have, the owner of the community, and we seek to honor him in all that we do by way of our politics, then his blessings will be upon us as rulers and as people and we will enjoy what we seek from him the opposite is true the third point from the letter which i like to read it reminds us to be transparent in our dealings with others and to seek the welfare of our communities conscious of the fact that we are ultimately accountable to god our creator some people live like i'm sorry to say some people well, some people, because fortunately I don't live like that, so maybe I can say that with humility to thank God. Some people live like like they created themselves or didn't self-made, you know. Uh, nobody has his, his, it's like he decides what to do, when to do, he owns himself. And they think they can do whatever they want. They are to- it's totally lost on them that there is there is a supreme being, there's someone who has their life, who can can push it about how and when he wants. It's it's totally lost on them. The general secretary and the Bible um, Society is reminding us that in our body politics, in our electioneering campaigns, in our governance structures, as we seek to better the lot of our communities. It should not be lost on us. That it is required of us to be transparent. Transparent in the light of God's word. Transparent before God. We should stand naked and have nothing to hide. Because one day we will stand before his throne and we will give accounts. The book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians says, we will give accounts of all that we did with ourselves To our brothers and sisters and with God's creation. It says, "For Paul says, for we shall all appear before the judgment seat of God to give account. Sometimes people don't know this. And they need, they ought to be reminded. We are only stewards. So God told Adam, I'm giving you the earth. I created it rule over it responsibly dress it and keep it it is not for you to bastardize it it is not for you to to degrade it sometimes you look at what we are doing to our ecology it doesn't make sense plainly speaking forgive my bluntness it just doesn't make sense to say that we are made in an image of God and God has given us the ecology to support our lives And we are destroying it and we still want to, we we still want it to be well with us. So we go to church and sometimes the minister will say, now rise up and shout, ah, say, I receive it, I receive it, it shall be well with you. Say, Amen, Amen. And then you ask, what kind of well-being is he talking about? What kind of well-being? When we are destroying everything around us, is it all about car? I I drive in a car, that is well-being. Forget it. It may be part of it. Well-being is when God blesses me, and when God blesses me me, God knows me and I'm constantly before Him, even if it's Charlottewate I wear.. It doesn't matter if it's two T-shirts I have, but I stand right before God. That is blessing. Not just. Uh, buildings and cars and sometimes even they, they come, we, we come by these things through roguish means and we still call them blessings. They are curses. So when my minister says "It shall be well with you, sir, what are you talking about? Do you know those factors which militate against my well-being? The plastic bags we are pumping into the sea, the, the contamination of the water bodies, the, the amount of chemicals we need to purify the water before we can drink the, the cutting down of the trees desertification uh, uh, what do you call it ah uh, yeah so I got it right do, pastor do you know do you know how we are dying on our roads in the name of accidents because of corrupt policemen and, and who will give driver's licenses to people who don't deserve it are there, are there what is it DVLA and then the police catches you on the road, all you do is just give five cities, of course, not all of them, but five cities, and then you go say, carry on. Pastor, are you aware of this? I have digressed. Forgive me. Let me come back to... So it reminds us to be, to be, to be conscious of the need to be transparent before God. Matthew 25 says... It was the Lord himself. When he gave the story, he said, they will come on that day and I'll push the sheep here, the, the sheep here and, and, and the, and the goats here. And I'll say to the goats, I don't know you. And I'll say to the goats, I don't know you. And they will ask, but how can you say that? We, we, this is me paraphrasing. We, 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 we did miracles in your name and we, and then he will tell them, As long as you did not do it for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did not do it for me. So, Sabi, the mentally derailed man we see on the street who is sitting there, that is Jesus. That's Jesus we see in there. And if we refuse to do it for him, Jesus says that will be part of the marking scheme when we come. But I, I, I would like to believe that part of the marking scheme will also be but I made you in my image. You entered politics and, and you were lying all over the place. Don't you know that Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 says, liars will not enter the kingdom. You cannot come here. Please stay out. And you were giving bribes all over the place. You see, for my sake... The Apostle Paul, my servant, he spent. that's Acts of Apostles chapter 24 and 25. Paul spent two years in prison because he refused to give Festus bribe. Scripture says Festus kept him there and he kept hoping that somehow, way, Paul will give him bribe. If Paul will not give bribe and will stay two years in prison... What makes me think that when I give the policeman or whoever, I bribe my way through, I'm wasting time. You know, when we see a tent, so I bribe him. What makes me think that where Paul will be with his Lord, there I will be also. No! We don't have the same gospel. We don't follow the same Lord. His Lord, his gospel does not, did not permit him to give bribe. My gospel permits me to give bribe you understand so we didn't we don't have the same gospel the bible society the general secretary is saying beware how you do your politicking bringing people down you see uncle you call auntie you see auntie you call her uncle which is which be careful you give accounts when they give you the resources and we think that yes create loot and share it is so despicable. Sometimes when, when you see, when you hear some of the things that are happening, you ask, is that a joke? All this money they took away. You may call it a demon of greed and stupidity. He, they are stealing what they cannot even use. So what's wrong with them? What's wrong with, in the name of governance that I, I have come and I want to be the so-so-and-so and then sometimes cronies we share you know, it's not about put, uh, potential or, 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 or qualification. So you have uh, uh, square pegs in, in round holes. Or is it round pegs in square holes? There's a square, there's a round. Amos says, We will be weighed in the scale, and we should not be found wanting. That's the prophet Amos. There is an Anglican hymn which I love so much it says part of it says there is a juster judge there than here so he if I think that when we go to court uh, uh, we'll do things you know we'll do things and sometimes they do things in court court rise honor the judge case number so so and so, and so. the next minute case adjourned cancel take date take date so cancel takes. They come again court rise honor the judge case number so so and so case adjourned cancel, take date take date one year year two year three year and you think that, and, and I think I'm smart, and I come as, oh, what if it is on here? What it is on here? Really? Really? <laughs> that is a joke! What if it is on here? There is a just a judge there than here. So let them spoil the cases. Let them spoil every case. And, and give them a echo. We should go on our knees and pray for them. Because when they meet their Lord, Hell is real, oh Hell is real. Hell is real. Sometimes you find people, uh, brothers and sisters, in, in Kolibu. They are suffering some kind of medical condition or another. And I'm telling you, when scripture talks about hell, the suffering in hell, you cannot in any way compare that kind of suffering to what we go through when we have operations and, you know, we are fighting with some debilitating disease. It, you can't compare it. Hell is real. So what if it is, Sanier? It is because of accountability, I believe, that the Patriot Moses in Psalm 90 prayed to God to teach us how to number our days so we will have hearts of wisdom. That is to say, among other things, that the reality of our accountability, the fact of God's ownership of all that we have, should make us wise, sebi, not stupid, as we engage in our politics. It is sad. It is sad. It's a sad reality that some go into politics, as I've said already, just to, to loot. They will not need some of the things they they steal. And they appear to forget the fact that they will leave all these stolen goods and things behind when they die. It, it cannot be said of such that they are wise. You've heard of that story, this man who had so much, and when he died, they did take away, and six, six buildings and 18 cars, and you know, they did take away of those properties, and they put, it, put them in his casket, and he sent them to his grave. D- did you hear? You didn't hear it. It was in my news. You didn't hear it. Oh, it was in my news. Nipaya Mobo. When you go to when you go to Kolebu, and sometimes you see men and women alike. Sabio the guys who say stuck naked. If you owe me let's say two trillion dollars and it's mine, and, and you hear that I'm dead in in in, in the I'm in the morgue, and you come and say, oh, oh look back. sorry, in here, but this morning, uh, I, I follow me. It shouldn't be an abatross over my head. So this is your $3 trillion. And you put the, um, the check in my hands. Somebody, if somebody um, stands to observe what is happening, he will, he will immediately create a folder for you at a psychiatric asylum. <laughs> he will call Dr. Asari. Say, hey. You have a patient here. The man is dead. He doesn't need any more money. He doesn't need... He's gone. Sometimes we forget that. That is why we want we, everything. We want everything. We want everything. You know... Why? Why? Just something small we will chop. If you give me this place, it's only one small place I'll put my bed where I will lie. Not so. It is sad that people go into politics just to create... So the question then is, what should we do in the face of this reality? Number one, I said, let us learn for ourselves and practice and teach these biblical principles um, for politics to outsiders. So we ourselves as... People of God. We, we must learn them and practice them and seek to teach them. There is no doubt that the teaching of biblical principles has become crucial in our body politic today. There's no doubt about it from what, all the things we said. It's become crucial, biblical principles. This is so because most of the time, what we see as problems in politics and we can talk about again the violence, the insults, the looting and sharing, the lack of shame, the treachery, etc., are not problems in themselves. These are the results of the problem. What is the problem? The problem is the lack of teaching of the biblical principles in politics, or the wrong interpretation of such biblical principles by those charged to do so. We in the church and sometimes people have have commented that as soon as some some politician enters a church the first thing we want to talk about oh no more uh, open, And ye, ye, ye see uh, ye, uh, church hobby or ha say whether so, whatever the person is sebi sebi comes just because he's a politician he has some power doesn't matter if he's vile in his language it doesn't matter if he's a rogue all kinds of things may be said and justifiably so about him once he comes the church must humble itself and appeal to him for money to build something when we should be speaking calling him as i said charlie we have heard that a b c d i beg you if it's true stop it because the, the judgment of God will come upon you. And your children or children's children. So if it's true, stop it all. I beg you. If it's not true, forgive me. Forgive me. I am I, afraid of hell. So I, I, I would like to err on the side of doing it and doing it wrongly. They are not doing it at all. So if I've done it wrongly, I beg you, forgive me. When we don't teach them. When you don't teach me. That's what will happen. So sometimes you find people on radio. Ish, one, one philanthropist, when he was asked why he would not go into politics, he said, El Koso. Uh, and he referred to those, some of those so-called uh, not political commentators, uh, those who speak for the government. Aha, uh-huh, s- spokespersons, you know. And I won't tell you which regime that was. But some small, small boys saying, the insults. Hey, if they insult you, you go. Uh, the Bible says, high cleanse me with high Even if they cleanse you with high you will not be clean. You don't know whether it's a special anointing when they insult you. Eh? So the man asks, but why nun? Why He said, I won't go into policy. I won't go. I won't go. We hear them. So the question is, what, what is this pastor doing? Where is his mother? Where is her uncle? Which school did they go to? We should ask these questions. Not because we are holier than thou, but because together we are seeking the well-being of everybody. So the church should teach. And we should have the boldness say, you cannot do this. If you come with violence, we will not vote for you. We should teach. And you know why? Hmm. Someone must teach them. And it has to be those who have been called to do so. Ezekiel chapter 37. God said to Ezekiel, I make you a watchman. If I say to the sinner, you will die. And you do not warn him, he will die in his sins, but I will require his blood from you. If you and I want to go to heaven, and God is going to require someone's blood at our hands, it means we are murderers. And Revelation chapter 21, verse 8 says, No murderer can enter into the kingdom. I gave you your brother's life to watch over. Why did you say to me, am I my brother's keeper? And you allowed them to mess themselves up and to mess this nation up. And now you come and stand before me. You want to enter here? Go and be with them. This is not for those who are disobedient. Beloved, I bring this message to a close. Bible and politics. I would like to conclude simply by saying that the Lord wants the best for us. We should follow his directions and principles as enshrined in the Bible. As we go about our politics, our governance structure, our governance systems, etc. And it shall indeed be well with us in our nation. God bless us. Amen.